You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. He's not holding our sins against us. He's not stewing and scheming revenge. No, he's plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration. I'm going to say it again. He is not stewing and scheming revenge. He is plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration. Many of us would probably agree that humbling ourselves in confession and apology to those who've wronged us isn't always easy. In some cases, we can even be fearful that the person we've offended will respond in either rejection or retribution. However, as Pastor Dion will teach you in his message today, we as believers have no reason to be fearful when coming before the Father. In his study, you'll learn that rather than anger and wrath, we can be confident that God will respond with love and mercy. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 15 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. In order to tell people and tell the the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, why he had such an interest in tax collectors and sinners, Jesus told three stories, three parables. These three stories reveal God's heart and attitude towards a group of people that some would call unworthy and irredeemable. In fact, the first story was about a shepherd who lost a lamb. He left the 99 to find the one. And when he found it, he threw a party. Everybody say party. The second story was about a housewife who lost a coin from an heirloom wedding veil. She didn't stop searching until she found it, Jesus said. And when she did find it, She went out into the cul-de-sac dancing and inviting the neighbors over to celebrate. Dancing in the street, right? Here in Jerusalem. Everybody sing it. Dancing. You got it, right? She did that. And the third story was about a rude and rebellious son who broke his father's heart by demanding his inheritance and running off. The prodigal squandered all the inheritance. Partying like a rock star is what Jesus said. Party, gambling, prostitutes, addiction. He partied like a rock star until he found himself on the bottom of the barrel, eating from a pig trough. Everybody say, yuck. The religious leaders right here, when, they, when Jesus got to this part of the story, the religious leaders were probably sm- smirking in approval. I mean, serves this kid right. He deserves it. They probably even quoted Proverbs 13 that says this. Stupid ought to hurt. I'm sorry, that's not what Proverbs 13 says. Here's what it says. 
Poverty and shame will come upon rebels. Evil will pursue sinners. The belly of the wicked shall want. I.e., stupid ought to hurt, right? So the Pharisees were probably smirking at this kid and and, and, and what has happened to him. Again, he deserves it. But then Jesus continued the story and said that the prodigal came to his senses. He repented and returned. Say it out loud. He what? He repented and returned. He confessed that he was not worthy to even be, to be called a son. He would serve as a slave. That he came to his senses, he repented and returned. He was going to tell his father, listen, I I, I don't want to be a son. I will work for room and board just like every other slave on the property. Here's what he said, chapter 15. Let's read it, verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Well, cheer in the fact that he's come back. Go ahead, cheer. He came back. I don't want to be a son. I can't be a son anymore. I will be not, I'll be a hired servant. Now, the religious leaders that were listening to the story probably shouted, Hand him a shovel! Make him clean the stalls! Make him buck bales! Or make him dag sheep! If you don't know what that is, that's removing the soiled wool off the backside of the lamb. Everybody said what? The religious leaders were screaming, work it off, kid. Everybody say it out loud. What? Work it off. Right? So as this kid comes, and Jesus is telling the story that this kid comes, and he's repented and said, I don't want to just be a servant. The religious leaders are saying, yeah, work it off. But Jesus' story had an unexpected twist. The father runs out with hugs and kisses. We learn that the father had been setting out the prodigal's plate and leaving the porch light on since the night he left. The father had been fattening up the calf for this big day, hoping and praying that he would return. And when he did, 
When the prodigal returned, the father forgave and restored this kid back into the family. Here's the Bible word for it. Everybody say it. Justified. Say it again. Justified, which means just as if I'd never sinned. Say it out loud. Just as if I'd never sinned. And that's exactly what the father did for this son. He restored him just as if he'd never sinned. Let's read the passage. I'll just be a slave. I'll just, you know, get me a room above the garage or whatever, in the garage or in the basement. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Yeah, like it. But the religious leaders listening to the story... Listen, guys, that's the heart of our wonderful Father. He's not holding our sins against us. He's not stewing and scheming revenge. No. He's plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration. I'm going to say it again. He is not stewing and scheming revenge He is plotting and planning forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. That's what he's doing. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, read it with me. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to Himself, no longer holding men's sins against them, but everybody blotting them out. Isn't that awesome? And I love the way the Apostle Paul explained it to his congregation in Romans chapter 3. He said, since we've compiled this long and sorry record as sinners, your rap sheet, and since we have proved that we are utterly incapable of living glorious lives that God wills for us, God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, He put us in right standing with Himself. A pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where He always wanted us to be. And He did it by means of Jesus Christ. I like it. (laughs) The forgiveness and reconciliation that was bestowed on the prodigal was unbelievable. And it made the religious leaders livid. They were hissing like a $5 pressure cooker. Go ahead. Huh? Grace makes some people mad. And I'm not talking about the brown-eyed girl from Chamita. Not that grace. I'm talking about, everybody say it, grace which is God's unmerited favor. Say it again. Grace, which is God's unmerited favor. 
You haven't worked for it. You don't deserve it. You haven't earned it. But you got God's favor anyway. That grace, that grace, that grace makes people mad. The religious leaders were in protest over this. You know, this prodigal sleazeball, he disrespected his father, betrayed his family, squandered the inheritance on lustful indulgences. Everybody do it again. He doesn't deserve forgiveness. It's not fair. Say it out loud. It's not fair. Hmm. That's exactly what the older brother said in the continuation of Jesus' story. You see, Jesus wasn't only interested in reaching and impacting the prodigals on the left, but he also wanted to reach the legalists on the right. You see, we all need illumination. We all need instruction, direction, and correction. And so Jesus says the other part of the story. Now his older son was in the field, Jesus said. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Read this part out loud with me. But the, but the son was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him? And he said to his son, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Have you ever been a little bothered by 11th hour conversions? You know, some addict or alcoholic parties themselves right into, a, right into kidney failure or liver disease or HIV, and then they give their life to Jesus. Everybody say, oh, see. <laughs> Do you ever feel a little irritated when you hear of some swindler or serial killer or pedophile that comes to Jesus while in prison? Like the thief on the cross, a career criminal gets promised heaven on the day of his execution. Or Jeffrey Dahmer, who raped, murdered, dismembered, and ate 17 guys. And then after being tried, convicted, and sentenced, became born again in prison. Forgiven. Just like that. And adopted. Does that squeeze you a little bit? 
You shake your finger and say, oh no, that's all kinds of wrong. Look at your neighbor and shake your finger and say, oh no, that's all kinds of wrong. Well, the older brother shook his finger and he screamed his lungs out. We heard him. When you're angry, you say what you feel. Go let that soak a little bit. When you're angry, you say what you feel. It may not be true, but it reveals what you're full of. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the verse on the bottom. Read it with me. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Just look at your neighbor and say, ouch. So before you start thinking that the older brother was the good son, you know, the all-decent and law-abiding son, consider the anger and the animosity that dripped from his tongue. I mean, we were focused on the prodigal, hissing like, you know, pressure cookers, thinking that the, there's this other son that stayed. Well, he was the good one, the loyal one. The law-abiding son. But all of a sudden, what was inside was revealed. You see, the prodigal sins were shallow and obvious. Party, prostitutes, unbecoming attitude. They were, they were all seen right away. But the older son's sins were deep and secret. Pride, prejudice, and an unforgiving attitude. The dude was the first Sour Patch Kid. Everybody say, sour attitude. And he wasn't sour just towards his brother, but towards his father also. Did you, did you feel it? Did you read it? Did you understand it? He verbally attacked his father. You are insensitive and unjust. You punish the faithful and you reward betrayal. He opposed his father. He said, I disagree. I disapprove. I defy your party. I'm boycotting this son of yours. Even refused to call him his brother. Who are you boycotting and why? I'll ask it again. Who are you boycotting and why? Whose sins are you holding on to? Don't let pride, prejudice, and unforgiveness rob you of your peace, of your praise. Don't let jealousy and resentment and bitterness make you sour. Instead, let's do this. Everybody said, come celebrate God's grace. Say it again. Celebrate God's grace. God was singing right here. Jesus was singing. Put on your bobby socks, baby. Roll up your old blue jeans. There's a party going on at the farmery. Showing your brother what forgiveness really means. But the story ends here. 
without a resolution. Did the older brother go into the party? Did he stay outside stewing in bitterness? Jesus left that ending up to you. How will you end the story? Will you get off the high horse and forgive? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, last verse of the morning. Let's read it. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Put the brakes right there. Let's go back and read that again. Out loud together, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Did you catch the story of the prodigal son? The wonderful father? And the grumpy old brother? Did you find yourself in the story? Because that's the way Jesus teaches. There's something for everyone. Jesus loves us that much that He would not only save us, but He wants us to become more like Him. And so sometimes that means adjusting our attitudes. So the bottom line, don't be sour. Say it out loud. Don't be sour. Let's all stand. Now maybe some sour Christians have kept you away from God or kept you isolated and insulating yourselves. Maybe because grace is so generous from God, you've bit down and thought, how could God forgive them? He's asking you to do the same. And when you do, you'll be free. You see, the unforgiving brother he had held on to the forgiveness. He was imprisoning his brother and his father in his unforgiveness. But really, he was the one that was behind the bars. Behind the bars of self-pity, of resentment, of bitterness, of jealousy. He wasn't enjoying all that God had for him. Guys, God wants you to enjoy His fullness. And sometimes it takes offering forgiveness and living it out and not being sour. So let's trade that for joy and celebration and forgiveness. As we cling to the simple
Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on Sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.